This week on The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, we're journeying on in Hebrews. Able to save to the uttermost? We have such a high priest. The new covenant, the replica of the reality and its meaning, and redemption and the blood. Join me, Pastor Will Whedon, for The Word of the Lord Endures Forever, your daily 15-minute verse-by-verse Bible study on demand at thewordendures.org and on the Lutheran Public Radio app. O Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning now and will be forever. Amen. Praise to you, O Christ, Lamb of our salvation. Forsake their hope of 
of steadfast love. But I, with the voice of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will pay. Salvation belongs to the Lord. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Wow. 
reading from 1 Kings chapter 17. After this, the son of the widow of Zarephath, the mistress of the house, became ill. And his illness was so severe that there was no breath left in him. And she said to Elijah, What have you against me, O man of God? You have come to me to bring my sin to remembrance and to cause the death of my son. He said to her, Give me your son. And he took him in from her arms and carried him into the upper chamber where he lodged and laid him on his own bed. And he cried out to the Lord, O Lord my God, you have brought calamity even upon the widow with whom I sojourn by killing her son. Then he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried to the Lord, O Lord my God, let this child's life come into him again. And the Lord listened to the voice of Elijah, and the life of the child came again into him, and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down from the upper chamber into the house and delivered him to his mother. And Elijah said, See, your son lives. The woman said to Elijah, Now I know that you are a man of God, and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is truth. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Thanks be to God. We have an advocate with the Father. Jesus is the propitiation for our sins. He was delivered up to death. He was delivered for the sins of the people. Blessed is he whose transgression is forgiven and whose sin is put away. He was delivered up to death. He was delivered for the sins of the people. We have an advocate with the Father. Jesus is the propitiation for our sins. He was delivered up to death. He was delivered for the sins of the people. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dearly beloved, in this text, we see the power of God over disease and death. But more than that, it also shows us what a human being is. And finally, it points prophetically to the work of Christ, our great prophet and high priest. First, God's power over disease and death. The terror of this disease seems very real nowadays. After this, the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, became ill and his illness was so severe that there was no breath left in him. That is to say, he died. 
Perhaps this was an asphyxiating, choking illness. Or perhaps the illness was unrelated to breathing, but now that he's dead, there is no breath left in him. The breath is gone. Here in Fort Wayne, we have not had too many cases of COVID-19, but nevertheless, people are very worried about an illness so severe that there would be no breath left in them. But why are we worried about COVID-19? We should be concerned about our sins. Then our sins should lead us, that awareness of our sins should lead us to repentance. So we are really using this pandemic correctly if we let this affliction bring our sin to remembrance and repent of those sins and place our trust in Christ. The terror of the disease is easy to picture to us nowadays, but really it should not leave us in terror, but should make us think carefully about who we are and how we stand with our Maker. You see, our God is the maker of heaven and earth, and he has all things in his hands and under his control. He has the power to kill and the power to make alive. It may seem strange, but Elijah is sincere when he asks if God is responsible for the death of the boy. He says, O Lord my God, have you also brought tragedy on the widow with whom I lodge by killing her son? Is it really a rhetorical question? If so, it's interesting that he doesn't say by allowing him to die, but by killing him, by killing her son. Both life and death are in God's hands. And when someone dies, God is active in that decision to take a soul out of this life. And in the case of believers, God takes that soul to himself. As Moses sang prophetically in the persona of God in Deuteronomy 32, I kill and I make alive, I wound and I heal. But this should not lead us to fear, just the opposite. Since we have God on our side as our loving Father through Christ, if he decides to take us out of this life, that really is far better because he is taking us to himself. And on the other hand, if we have to suffer here a while on earth, then this is to strengthen our faith. And maybe through the prayers of a believer, the curse of death and disease will be reversed as happened here for Elijah and the boy. God has power over disease and death, so you have nothing to fear. Now, I said this text also has some other things to teach us, such as who are we, or rather, what are we? From this text, learn what human beings consist of. We are all both body and soul. We are not just a soul in a body, and we are not just a body with a spiritual aspect. We are body and soul. You can see this, first of all, that we are not just a soul in, in a body with this text today. The son of the widow had died. The text does not say it was hard for him to breathe, but that there was no breath left in him, so he was dead. And yet, Elijah speaks to the widow and says, give me your son, not give me that body that used to be your son. 
Now, this goes counter to the world's thinking. We live in a world and we watch movies where we've been accustomed to think of the body as really nothing more than an avatar in which our consciousness uh, resides for a while. But these avatars, these bodies, can be exchanged. I can think of several movies that have this theme. And yet that is all wrong. That actually is the, the kind of thinking that leads men to think that they are women trapped in a, men's, in a man's body and vice versa. But that's wrong. The body is the boy, even dead. Give me your son, Elijah says, referring to the dead boy. But on the other hand, we're not just a soul, or rather, let me say it this way, we're not just a body with a spiritual aspect either. There are many secular people who think of us as basically physical beings and that all of our mental activity is thought to be a function of the brain and the nervous system. Well, that is crass materialism. But some mistaken Christians go in a similar direction. In an effort to fight against the avatar notion of humanity, they make the opposite error, claiming that there's no such thing as an immortal soul that can exist separately from the body. Well, listen to what St. Paul says. We are not just a body, we are also a soul. Paul writes, For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor. Yet what I shall choose I cannot tell, for I am hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. Philippians chapter 1. And then here in 1 Kings 17, Elijah prays, Let this child's soul come into him again. So we are not just a body with a spiritual aspect. We are both body and soul. And really, this is what makes death so terrible. It is the rending apart of two things that were never supposed to be separate, the body and the soul. It is not the way that God originally intended things. But now that there is sin in the world, there is death, for the wages of sin is death, Romans 6. And this is why the widow cries out, Have you come to me, man of God, to bring my sin to remembrance and to cause the death of my son? She knows that the wages of sin is death, and she's worried about her past sins, and she lashes out at the holy prophet as if he is bringing God's judgment upon her. Death is terrible because it separates what never should have been separated, the body and the soul, and it does this as the wages of sin. But God be praised, Elijah plays the role of a priest here. He's a prophet, but he intercedes like a priest. O oh Lord my God, he cries, have you brought calamity even upon the widow with whom I sojourn by killing her son? And then he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried to the Lord, O oh Lord my God, let this child's soul come into him again. So the prophet is a priest, interceding for the sinful woman and reversing the curse of death. And notice this, he lowers himself upon the boy. Why? Probably to warm the cold, dead body as a means through which God would carry out this miracle. 
and he does this three times. And he probably calls upon the Lord three times. And this is a mystery pointing forward to the work of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus is the true prophet and priest, more so than Elijah or any prophet or priest. He is the prophet foretold by Moses, and he is the priest who offered up himself on the altar of the cross to turn God's heart to us, to you, so that you would be accepted by him and forgiven and well-pleased. And just as Elijah lowered himself on the boy three times, so also God's Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, lowered himself to us three times in his incarnation, in his burial, and in his descent into hell. And why did he do this? In order to raise us up. And just as Elijah called upon God three times and thereby restored life to the boy, so also through the triple invocation of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and through being dipped into the baptismal water three times, we are joined to Christ and made participants in his resurrection. Jesus is the true prophet and priest, greater than Elijah, who lowered himself to us in order to restore our souls and raise us up again. In this time of fear and pandemic, let your hearts be comforted, knowing that God has life and death in his hands and that Christ is our prophet and priest, and in him you have the true life that will never pass away. To him be the glory. Amen. Oh, before. 
kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. The Lord be with you and with thy spirit. Let us pray. Almighty God, by your great goodness, mercifully look upon your people, that we may be governed and preserved evermore in body and soul. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord Jesus Christ, you shared in our human toil and thus hallowed the work of our hands. Grant comfort and support to those who are not able to work during these trying times. Sustain them in their moment of need even as you strengthen the hands of those critical whose critical work continues, that together we may support and encourage one another, relying at all times upon you. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, Almighty and everlasting God, you have safely brought us to the beginning of this day. Defend us in the same with your mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by your governance, may be righteous in your sight. 
through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Uh-huh.